For many SaaS founders, payback periods are an afterthought. In our experience, plenty of them don't measure this key SaaS metric at all. And if they do, it's often because they offer business intelligence or financial solutions to customers, so they're already tapped into these more nuanced financial metrics. Or it's because they have CFOs who reference this figure in their financial reports. But payback period is a key metric that you shouldn't ignore, no matter what kind of SaaS company. Whether you're a bootstrapped or venture-backed business, knowing your payback period will help you make critical budgetary decisions. Now, at Powered by Search, this isn't a metric that we set aside for financial people to handle. As a marketing agency, we take our clients' payback periods very seriously. Before entering an engagement with any company, we always know what their current and target payback periods are first. Doing so gives us a better idea of their expectations and also helps us plan which SaaS marketing strategy and tactics to deploy. In this episode, we're going to explain the significance of understanding your SaaS's payback periods in the context of marketing, risk management, and fundraising. You're gonna learn what an acceptable payback period range is for VC-backed and bootstrapped business models. You'll learn a simplified formula that you can use to calculate your own payback period. And finally, one fast way that you can improve the payback period for your SaaS business. I'm Mark Thomas, I'm the head of growth at Powered by Search. And today I'm going to talk you through some of the best knowledge that we have on building B2B SaaS businesses. Now, if any of this is interesting to you and you want to read more, you should go to our website. It's poweredbysearch.com and check us out there. Not knowing your payback period can have major consequences for your SaaS. This is especially true when it comes to customer growth and acquisition. Speed to market matters so much in today's competitive landscape. And once a company acquires new customers, those customers are unlikely to leave as long as they're kept happy. Make no mistake though, it doesn't matter if you have better marketing collateral and it doesn't matter if you have a better product. If your competitors enjoy shorter sales cycles and get customers before you, it'll be an uphill battle trying to convince them to switch. But knowing your payback period helps to address this issue and gives you that first mover advantage. And that's for three reasons. The first one is that it empowers you to set reachable goals around your marketing. Now we often discuss the idea that SaaS founders don't know or consider how long it will take to recoup marketing expenses. And because of this, they make their estimates based on what they've heard elsewhere in the industry. Now that's fine to do if you're a SaaS company that's just getting started. But once you've got some momentum, it's best to set KPIs and budgets based on internal data. If you're having trouble doing this, you can use payback periods to help. For example, we often ask SaaS founders about their expectations for their cost per demo or trial. Many of them underestimate, assuming it'll cost a third of what it actually should be. But let's say that you sell a solution that costs $200 a month. You also happen to know that you convert 5% of free trial users into customers, and that you're targeting a payback period of about 10 months. You can determine your customer acquisition costs by multiplying your revenue against your anticipated payback period. In this case, that's $200 times 10 months, so that would equal about $2,000 to acquire one customer. And since you know that your conversion rate is 5%, you just multiply that by your customer acquisition cost to get your cost per free trial. So in this instance, that would be $2,000 times 5%. So you want you want to target $100 cost per free trial, right? Now, instead of pulling numbers out of thin air, you actually have a realistic target and budget based on real data. 
The second thing is that it improves your management and judgment of risk. Your SaaS payback period isn't a lifetime value metric. It has nothing to do with the quality of customers who buy your service. Instead, it has everything to do with risk management. For example, if you're growing a SaaS business valued between one and $5 million, you probably don't have a lot of extra cash lying around. This can put you in the unenviable position of having to make tough decisions about opportunity costs like, should you hire more engineers or should you hire more salespeople? Should you invest in refactoring your code or upgrading your marketing? Trade-offs like these cost both time and money. Because on the one hand, you have targets centered on a high growth rate, cash flow and development. But on the other, you have a bank account with insufficient working capital. And as a founder and CEO, it's your job to decide what takes priority. Scary, right? Well, understanding how much you can afford in customer acquisition cost can help. And that's because CAC can vary depending on whether your marketing strategy is inbound or outbound heavy. But what if you also knew how long it took to recover your acquisition cost? Wouldn't that bring some semblance of certainty around your marketing? Wouldn't that give you the peace of mind knowing that your risk was actually much lower than you thought? Well, knowing your payback periods can provide you with more confidence about your marketing. That in turn can enable you to make better decisions around your opportunity costs. You can be in a stronger position to take more calculated risks. And the third thing that it does is it arms you with evidence you can use if you're raising capital. So your SaaS payback period can serve as proof regarding the health of your company. And if you're seeking funding, knowing this timetable is valuable evidence that you can present when pitching investors. Let's say for example, that you sell a SaaS product with a retention of 24 months before a customer churns. Now, if you knew that it took six months to recoup your CAC, you'd have enough information to calculate your gross profit margin. So how you'd work that out is you'd say, you've got a 24 month retention period minus the six months that it takes to recoup your CAC. So that's an 18 month gross margin of profit. That means that 75% of your customer lifetime value is actually pure profit. And in that sense, you can anticipate making 75 cents for every dollar that you spend in CAC before you churn that customer. And in that sense, you can anticipate making 75 cents for every dollar that you spend in CAC before your churn rate inevitably kicks in. And most startups, they actually know their outcome numbers, but they're really less certain of how they got those results. Now knowing your payback period puts you into another league from your competitors by allowing you to present your company to potential investors in a way that demonstrates a proven path to profitability. So here's a question. What's an acceptable CAC payback period for your SaaS company? Not knowing much about payback periods often creates a false dichotomy between bootstrapped and VC-backed businesses. Because it's their money on the line, bootstrap companies assume they always have to be more cautious when spending. Meanwhile, VC-backed companies tend to believe that they can be more gung-ho. But as we discussed earlier, you must adjust your risk tolerance based on your understanding of your own payback periods. This is true regardless of whether your SaaS business is bootstrapped or VC-backed. In general, it's true that bootstrap businesses can't afford long payback periods. But that doesn't mean that they should always optimize for the shortest time frame possible. Expecting to reach a short payback period of, say, one month isn't really realistic. In our experience, it's actually more reasonable for bootstrap businesses to aim for payback periods between six to nine months. 
On the other hand, VC-backed businesses do have a little more runway, right? So they can afford longer payback periods, but many tend to overestimate them. A shorter payback of under 12 months for most VC-backed companies isn't unrealistic. In reality, they're best served when shooting for a benchmark range between 12 to 18 months. Here's how you're gonna actually calculate your payback period though. You don't need complex formulas, Excel spreadsheets, or a background in accounting to calculate your business's payback period. All you really need is a bit of back of the napkin maths. Here's why. The first reason is that it's best to lean on mental shortcuts like Occam's razor when it comes to solving problems. That is, the simplest explanation is usually the right one. And the second reason is actually momentum. Now, when your marketers have a formula that they can use without relying on your finance people, they're empowered to make better budgetary decisions. Is there gonna be variance when you use this kind of back of the napkin formula? Yeah, sure there is but it's unlikely to yield more variance than say five to 15%. And the value of having an easier formula that brings more attention and utility to this metric makes it worth using in many contexts. To calculate your payback period, use quarters. And here's the simple formula that we would recommend. We would say payback period is equal to quarterly CAC minus total new quarterly revenue divided by monthly new quarterly revenue. So here's how to put this formula to work. First, collect and tally your customer acquisition costs in any given quarter. This should include everything from in-house employees, contractors, marketing technology, and marketing spend. Then find out how many new customers you gained, plus your total revenue for that same quarter. Then get your average monthly revenue by dividing your total revenue by three. That's because there are three months in a single quarter. Then you would take those numbers that you've collected and calculate your period using the formula that we shared above. So you would just rinse and repeat that process for any other quarter as well, it, it works the same. We encourage SaaS companies to calculate their payback periods on a quarter by quarter basis. Again, look, simplicity is the aim here. And the simplest way to understand payback periods is by asking what customer acquisition looked like during a 90-day period. Most businesses can make good, measurable progress in a single quarter. And it's also a useful breakdown because you can spot if you're trending toward or away from profitability when charting your data. So let's pull all this together with a hypothetical example. Let's say you're a brand new company selling a SaaS solution that costs $1,000 a month. In your first quarter of businesses, you acquired two customers. Nice work. And you spent $10,000 a month in CAC to earn them. The breakdown of numbers that you'd use in the formula that we just mentioned is this. So you've got a quarterly CAC of $30,000. That's 10,000 times three months, so 30,000. Then you've got a total quarterly revenue of 6,000, which is you know 1,000 times two customers times three months. 6,000. Then you've got the monthly quarterly revenue, which is 2,000, worked out by doing you know 6,000, which is your total quarterly revenue, divided by three months, the, the number of months in the quarter. So you take those figures and you plug them into our napkin math formula. And here's what you'd get. You'd get $30,000 minus $6,000 divided by $2,000. And that equates to a 12 month payback period. So what's the key lever that you can pull to improve your SaaS company's payback period? 
pricing can have the biggest impact on your payback period. And more than marketing and more than development, it's one variable that you can influence that can change in almost an instant. If it makes sense for you, try offering an annual prepay option to your customers. This is one of the best ways to get an immediate injection of cash into your company. Architecting an annual prepay option will decrease your payback period because it gives you a blended base of existing customers. Some will pay in installments, while others will pay in lump sums. Keep in mind that annual prepay works best for SaaS companies that are mission critical to customers. Now, mission critical means that a customer will use the product multiple times over the course of a month. Some examples of this are project management platforms like Asana or messaging software like Slack. Annual prepay doesn't make sense for businesses that have limited uses in a single year. It would be impractical for a financial audit tool, for example, to offer upfront payments to customers. People only get audited once a year at best. Well, now you've got a better understanding, hopefully, of what payback periods are and why they're so important. We've discussed how it's a metric that you can use to empower your marketing team to factor in when making budgeting decisions. And we've also covered why and how to measure this metric on a quarterly basis. But if you don't know the payback period for your SaaS company, considering trying out our formula for yourself, because the faster you can get to work on optimizing it, the better. To recap, recommended payback periods are six to nine months for bootstrap businesses and 12 to 18 months for VC-backed businesses. Once you've sorted that out, start thinking about how to dial in your growth channels. That might mean investing more in earned, owned, or paid media. It also might mean investing in product-led initiatives like affiliate programs. Or it could mean investing in developing new tools that you can cross-sell to your existing users. But whatever you choose, always pick the right growth channels, the ones that are most effective in decreasing your payback periods. There's opportunity in the deltas between where you want to be and where you stand today. Ultimately, opportunity costs can be painful, but facing them, it doesn't have to be. Knowing and understanding your payback periods is one way to soften their blows against your business. I'll see you next time. So if you enjoyed that today and you want to do something about your B2B SaaS marketing, you should get in touch with us. You can do that by going to poweredbysearch.com and checking out our work with us page, or you can browse the case studies and blogs that we have on the site. Now, if you're not ready to do that, definitely say hi anyway. You can ping me on Twitter. I'm at I am Mark Thomas. That's Mark with a C. Or you can ping our founder and CEO, Dev Basu, D-E-V-B-A-S-U. Connect with us there. Looking forward to seeing you again for another episode.